The Money Podcast with your hosts, Justin Harrison and David Bester. Money, 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 money. Let's talk about money. Today, we are talking about brokers and financial advisors. Now, in the past, it used to be very difficult to invest in stocks because you need to have a broker to actually invest for you. However, lately, it has become very easy with the likes of Easy Equities and other apps. So today, we will be discussing the pros and the cons of brokers and financial advisors, and then we will give you a few tips on what to ask your broker or your financial advisor before you actually start working with them. So Justin, let's start off by the benefits of using a broker. So this is a really difficult one for me to answer because, you know, over the years I've educated myself about money and personal finance, and so it's really hard for me to find a lot of advantages. But Honestly, I think if you're not going to do the research, if you're not going to educate yourself about money, if you're not going to educate yourself about the various products and services that are out there, whether it be insurance, whether it be investing, if you're not going to take the time to you know, go and do a little bit of Googling and actually do some research, then you're probably better off using a broker. So I would say one of the advantages of using a broker is if you're really lazy, a broker is probably the route to go. No, I completely agree. It's like, it's, it's like investing in an index, you know, it's just a lot easier. But like you said, if you've got no idea what you want to invest in, and if you're not prepared to actually go and do that research, then using a broker is most probably going to be the easiest way to do it. They also do the research, obviously, for you, right? Now, let's go to the cons. So obviously, the biggest con is the broker that scams you, right? Well, you know, I've actually, I've actually got an even bigger reason why I personally don't like brokers. And it's because there is a little bit of a false narrative that is on display when it comes with a broker, right? It's generally the perception that a broker or a financial advisor is there to give you advice and to guide you. And I know there will be some brokers that listen to this podcast and they're going to have a totally different opinion and they're going to be upset with what we say. But at the end of the day, Brokers and financial advisors are salespeople of financial products. And if they don't represent every product that's in the marketplace, then they aren't necessarily giving you a fair and true reflection of the best product in the marketplace. And so, you know, besides the scam, for me, the scam is almost the second thing. I think, first of all, we need to talk about the fact that these are salespeople and they are salespeople with targets that they need to make and commissions that they need to earn. And whilst there certainly are some very good financial advisors and there certainly are some very good brokers out there, the industry is built around sales. And so that's something that the consumer needs to be aware of. When you are speaking to a broker or to a financial advisor, even though they tell you that they're completely impartial, the only way they can be impartial is if they represent every product in the marketplace. Isn't that something I've got an issue with as well, you know? So a little, just a little while ago, my mom actually sent me this email and this was a broker recommending products to her. And I was looking over it and the fees just didn't make sense to me at all. I just couldn't see how my mother would make money with this fund, even if it gave her like really, really good returns because the fees was something close to 4%. Now, 4% might not sound a lot to a lot of people, but you need to keep in mind that that is 4% of your total portfolio every single year, right? So if you take compounding interest into account, that is a substantial amount of money. So let's talk about fees real quickly here, Justin, because there's obviously pros and cons when it comes to using brokers, and there are also lots of fees involved. And this is where most of our issues generally come in, right? 
Yes, so of course the fee thing is a big thing and I think also like you touched on earlier there is the fact that a lot of people have been caught by unscrupulous brokers. I mean there isn't a month that goes by that an email doesn't arrive in my inbox about somebody who's in their 60s you know, or in their 70s, they've been investing through a broker for years and years and years, simply trusted the broker with their money, trusted that it would be allocated accordingly, only to find out that they actually didn't have a nest egg to retire on. So definitely there is an issue there. And then the other thing that substantially erodes people's wealth and substantially erodes the opportunity for people to generate wealth is fees. People do not really understand just how expensive it is to use a broker. And you know, if you sit down and you run the numbers, you very quickly realize that it's the difference between a comfortable retirement and one where you're counting your pennies. And that's really what it comes down to. You know, and these, these funds, that's the other thing to keep in mind, that a lot of the funds and the investments that brokers uh, will put you into, the broker makes money whether you make money or not. In fact, when you're losing money, the broker's still taking their fees. You know, there's that old story about, there's an old joke that goes around in the pubs about, you know, why brokers are called brokers. Well, they're called brokers because they're gonna make you broke. <laughs> that's, that's what it comes down to, you know. And of course, there are some really good brokers out there, like I said, I mean, I have a few friends of mine who do really, really good work and, you know, they're well studied and they're educated around their products, but ultimately they're not impartial. So, you know, I take it with a pinch of salt. At the end of the day, there's nothing, nothing is gonna beat educating yourself on your own money. And uh, you know, there's another saying that I truly believe in. It's somebody told me this years ago and it's kind of been a mantra of mine ever since I've heard it. And that is, nobody is gonna take care of your money the way you do. In fact, the only thing other people are gonna help you do with your money is spend it. Yes, exactly. So coming back to that fees thing. So I've done the calculations on it and I took two different scenarios, right? So one person pays 1% in fees every single year another person pays 3% in fees. So it's only a 2% difference really, right? But now let's assume you get a 10% return over the course of 40 years. While the person paying 3% in fees will actually have 40% less of his portfolio than the person who, has, who pays 1% in fees. And that is the difference that fees actually makes to your portfolio. And that's something people don't understand. So they see all these fees broken down into different category items, you know? And if you can't count all of that up, it usually comes down to something between one and four, right? But that actually makes a really, really big impact on your portfolio in the long term. And that's another issue I have with these fund fact sheets, you know, they break all of those fees down into terminology that a general person can't really understand, but they don't really know that you should count all of that up. And then that is the total fee that you will be paying. Yeah, and I, and I think, you know, b besides the hidden fees and everything, I think the fact that most people are pretty undisciplined when it comes to money leads into the fact that people are really happy to pay those fees. And look, I would, I would always recommend if you don't have the discipline uh, to go and do things yourself and educate yourself and really set aside money regularly or make sure that you're properly insured, then certainly go put yourself in the hands of a broker and accept that expense, you know, accept that the 3% or the 4% that you're paying is a cost of you being lazy, is a cost of you lacking discipline to do those things or potentially being too busy. And certainly if you're gonna do that, make peace with it. I don't have a problem with that. In fact, I think it's better somebody has a broker than has no investments at all. It's better somebody has a broker than has no insurances at all. But the truth of the matter is if you wanna generate generational wealth, you've got to start learning how to manage your own money, whether it be insuring your own vehicles, your own house, and, and there's no excuse today, or taking out an investment. The internet is 
right there for you to access companies, access information. There is absolutely no reason for anybody not to actually self-manage. Now listen, I mean, if you can get a broker that that has a 20% return on your investment every single year and he charges you 4%, I've got no problem with that because he's delivering. He's, he's doing a really, really good job. But the, the problem I have with a lot of brokers is they just take that money and they invest it into three different index funds, right? And I mean, you can, you can download easy equities on your app and you can just do it yourself and then you pay absolutely no fees. And I've already explained the, the, the kind of impact that fees has on your portfolio. So listen, if you can get a good broker who does a really good job and delivers exceptional return, returns, well, then he deserves a really good fee. Well, Davi, I think, you know, also I look back on my history when I was playing rugby as a youngster in my early 20s. A lot of us who were rugby players and sort of semi-professional were offered opportunities to go work for some of the large financial institutions in the country. And we were offered the opportunity to be financial brokers. We could go and do a license, we could go and study financial management. And a lot of the guys actually did go and do it. And here's the problem. You have 21, 22 year olds, 23 year olds going out and giving financial advice who really are basing it on the textbooks that they've learned from. They haven't really got any real working world experience, right? And so, you know, their, their knowledge is limited to what they've studied. You know, they haven't necessarily gone through the ringer and really had to take on the school of hard knocks. And so I think that's the other problem. You know, the financial industry in most sectors relies on very young brokers. And it is essentially that youth and exuberance that drives the industry. But there is, there is a lack of real world practical experience there as well. You know, and I think that's something else that people also need to take into consideration. No, 100%. So I think the last thing before we close this off, what kind of questions should you ask a broker before you start working with it? Well, the very first question is, what is your fees? I think, that yes. is, I think that's the question that's going to set the tone for all future discussions. Uh, it's the question that nobody asks. It's the question that people aren't very transparent about. You know, when a broker comes, he'll put a piece of paper in front of you, you'll sign that piece of paper. And it basically, you know, makes sure that they are compliant with all the stuff they need to be compliant. But in there will also be disclosure on fees and things. And my advice is have a discussion around the fees. Talk deeply about it and ask, can I get a discount? You know, if I, if I do more business with you, do I get discounts? What are the discounts? Be very transparent and upfront about that. Secondly, who don't, are feel, your... don't feel stupid. If you don't, don't understand feel something, ask what it means. Absolutely. The second thing is, Pretend like you're really dumb. In fact, you know, I used to say, I, I used to always say, I'm just a stupid rugby player, so you need to explain things to me. Often acting stupid will get you a lot of answers that you don't, that you wouldn't normally get. So, you know, ask questions. And then the third thing I'd say is, you know, ask for transparency. Who is that person's client? Show me some of the returns. Show me some real world case studies of what you've been able to do. Don't just talk about the fact that you represent company X and company Y. I want to see your individual results because ultimately, if you are going to initiate a relationship with a broker, it is exactly that. It is a relationship and you need to hold them accountable. So, you know, ask those questions, ask about fees, ask about returns, ask for transparency. And uh, I think you're probably going to chuckle at this one, Davi, because I'm quite possibly one of the most curious people in the world. But, uh, you know, I even go as far as to check their value system because ultimately I have personally seen a lot of people get hoodwinked by brokers. And so I go as far as to, you know, figure out if the person is a smoker, is a drinker. What do they do on weekends? Are they, are they sporty? Are they at the nightclub putting cocaine up their nose? You know, I want to know those things because at the end of the day, 
If you're investing with a broker, if you're insuring through a broker, if you're entrusting any part of your financial life to a broker, ultimately you wanna know that the person that you're going with holds the same values as you is and is gonna be trustworthy and reliable. Now look, I'm gonna tell you a funny story about a conversation I had with a broker once. So I sometimes pay for consultations with brokers because I like to get different opinions on different subjects, you know? I mean, I don't, I don't think that I know everything and I know there's, there are always smarter people out there than me. So I had this consultation with a broker. It's a very um, reputable broker or financial advisor actually in South Africa. And I paid for the consultation fee by the hour. And at the end of the consultation, I asked the broker, so where is your personal wealth invested then? Most of your personal wealth? Because to me, that kind of makes sense, you know? Yep. I mean, they give out financial advice, but I want to know where he is personally investing his money because that is personal. Yep. And he told me, well, all of it really tied up into his business. And that was a big red flag to me. I mean, come on, you're giving out financial advice, but then all of the, all of the money invested in your own business, you've got no money really invested in the markets, right? It's just other people's money you're working with. So I think that's also a really good question to ask people. I think that's brilliant. And I think, you know, the other thing I would say is that when you are looking at broker relationships, you know, I would encourage people to pay consulting fees like you've done because, uh, you know, it's the one thing I've told every broker friend of mine over the last couple of years, if you want to stay current in the future, you've got to transform your business into a consulting business and not a sales business. Brokers ultimately for them to be successful are going to have to be consultants. And at the moment they are pretending to be consultants, you know, they're under the guise of consultancy, but actually they're there to sell. And uh, there is a conflict of interest, whether the broker, brokers or the brokerage community would like to admit it or not, there is a very, very clear conflict of interest. 100%, that's also great advice. So to sum this up real quickly, when you decide to use a broker, or if you want to use a broker, use it when you are basically just don't want to do your own research. So then go and by all means, you definitely need to use a broker because if you don't do your research, rather don't invest at all, rather give your money to someone who will invest it properly for you. Now, if you want to invest by yourself, obviously you need to do the research as well and then make sure you check the fees, do your due diligence when you decide to work with a broker, ask them about their fees, the fee structure, make sure you know what the value system is for the broker and then also ask them about the past performance and like I personally did, I asked them about their own personal wealth and where it's invested. You've been listening to The Money Podcast. To get access to our future episodes, please subscribe to our podcast via your podcast app and be sure to check out our YouTube channel, Global Money Academy.